Kathy, this is it. We're actually doing it. This is episode one, series three, with Kathy Slack and Jez Rose. It's pretty It's like exciting. a dream come true for you, isn't it? It's pretty momentous. I mean, I never thought my career would make it this far. Well, it's probably the highlight of your career, I'm going to be honest. Right now. Certainly. It will be when I get a backdrop like yours. For those that can't see, Jez has got this like library behind him and is perfectly lit and very well coiffured. And I'm in my slightly ramshackle study with the rain starting to fall and beat against the wall, which you're, the door, which you'll probably hear. Window. That's extremely kind of you to say, but I've literally, genuinely just come in from the garden. I sort of fluffed up the time and forgot that we were doing this quite so soon because I got a bit carried away doing roses and stuff. So actually, I think I look terrible today, but carry on telling me how lovely I look. Let's do 10 minutes of that. <laughs> okay, stop fishing. <laughs> What's on the show today? Tell me, tell me. Well, we've got um, a... M- Marley is currently laid down here looking at me, burning eyes into me because he, we're recording this a little bit over his <laughs> dinner time. So there's probably some foot padding. And I think you've got Hadley snoring, have you? I have got Hadley lying <laughs> under the desk, my nine-year-old spaniel, um, and he is very asleep and liable to snore at any point. So it's uh, definitely dog snoring. Definitely dog padding, probably some dog barking. That will be mm-hmm. mine. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a great show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is if you like dogs. <laughs> We've got, of course, return of the amazing book of the month. We've got celebrity guest interviews and our first celebrity guest interview this uh, week, which I'm extremely excited about. And obviously, week, Cathy, right? Week. Weekly. 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 <gasps> I'm very That's excited about this. We're going to do eight episodes, one a week. With you all the way through the summer. I sort of have this vision that I hope people will be doing their evening watering in the summer or their weeding at the weekend. And they'll have us in their ears as they pad about the garden or the veg patch or take their dogs for a walk. Or That's my hope, don't you think? I like that. So what they can do is they can have the sort of solving, solving, soothing... Dulcet, husky tones of us. Maybe not so husky with you, but you know those sort of attractive, lulling voices in their ears. They can touch us on Instagram now because we've got our own Instagram feed, haven't we, Kathy? We have, Jez, but I'm not sure this podcast going in quite the direction I'd intended. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I, I told you there was going to be some big changes for Series Three. Yes, clearly. <laughs> Cue the music. (laughs) We are recording this on Zoom so that if you want to watch us, you can. Though I do warn you, Jess isn't wearing anything at the moment. (laughs) Nipple tassels (laughs) and a peg. By week four, that's what it's going to happen. Anyway, we digress. Podcast and uh, Instagram account is, yes, Yes. Roots Wings Podcast. Find us there. Yes, and follow us. Because that's a really great place. We're going to do some competitions on there, but also we're going to. That's a great place to interact. So if you like what you heard, you want to start a discussion with it, you want to ask us questions, or we'll tease some of those celebrity special guests that are coming as well. So if there's particular questions that you want us to ask or things you want us to pose to them, you can interact with us there as well. Um, and of course, all of the stuff that we don't get time to do on the podcast, which is quite a lot, because Kathy and I, probably between us, <laughs> could do a day uh, of chatting. A um, bit, and that's before we get to nipple tassels. <laughs> of course. Um, I once saw motorised ones that spin around on their own. See? Uh, see? Yeah. We're going to be here for hours. We should get to the... 
Let's get to the gardening. <laughs> um, but uh, also on our Instagram, um, on our, our new Instagram feed at Roots Wings Podcast, um, when Kathy mentions uh, perhaps you know a really tasty recipe or something, it means we can put it there and you can find it. So I think that's going to be an exciting place for people to gather, don't you? I think it's going to be great. And send us your questions. Send us your pictures yeah. of your dogs as well. That would be great. Oh, we will yeah. certainly be sharing Marley and Hadley pictures fairly gratuitously. Yeah. Um, let me know if you want us to share Jez and nipple tassel <laughs> pictures too. Though that I might can be see a vote coming on. Different accounts, definitely a vote coming on. <laughs> um, so listen, I you might have seen on my Instagram channel that recently I shared uh, quite a significant loss, Kathy, uh, because I was in the garden <clears throat> and uh, about a year ago, two years ago, I bought a hori. You know the hori? It's like a, it looks like a great big dagger. It's a Japanese sort of weeding general gardening tool. Yes, got you, yep. Huge great big thing, but a blunted tip. So it's not, it's not an actual dagger. Um, which given the clumsiness... Good <laughs> to know. The good thing. Um, anyway, I lost it. So I had to buy another one and they're not cheap. And then about six months later, it turned up in a compost heap. Classic. Somebody was turning the compost. So. Yeah. Anyway, last week or the week before, I've lost it again. So um, I've still only got one again. I put it down in the garden, yeah. just behind me. Yeah. And I think what happened, because earlier on that day, there was a robin, quite a big robin, sat looking at me in a, what I can only describe as a suspicious way. That's robins for you, mate. Right. I think, and then you can see where this is going. I think <clears throat> he got all of his robin friends together as I turned round. He did the whole, let's go, jumped down, took the hurry and flew off with it. That's the only explanation I can give, the only logical one. And have you checked the compost? <laughs> no, I haven't been anywhere near the compost. Just, again. I mean, the robin theory is possible, but it's yeah, worth right? checking you haven't just put it in the compost again. Well, I didn't just put it in the compost before. I'm not a, a, a complete... <laughs> Like idiot! <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll leave it there for a second. Like, honestly, it was just there. You find that, don't you? Like you just put something down and you think, where, where's that gone? Not so much with the robins. The moles are a problem in our garden, though. Oh, do you have quite oh, nasty moles? We have a solitary mole that has right. decided the it. Car? Lo it lo no, not yet. But oh. he, I'm oh. sure he's working on it. Uh, he's happily rumbling around the veg patch at the moment, which is mm. annoying and impressive because it's a raised bed. So I don't know how he got in there, but he's, he's stuck now, so it's only a matter of time. Raised bed on concrete. Yeah. Fortunately, he hasn't worked out how to seal Japanese daggers yet, so I think there's some time. <laughs> so, listen, what have you been up to? What have you been doing since I didn't speak to you, like, I don't know, for three days? So <laughs> It's been such a long time. Busy in the veg patch, wowzers, mm -hmm. such a lot going on uh, at this time of year. And so planting lots of things out, uh, watering, you know, it's all been going on. But but mostly drinking champagne at the celebration of my cookbook, which is on its way very oh, shortly. Of course. I didn't want to railroad um, <clears throat> this. I'd sort of forgotten about it because I wasn't on my list. I hadn't forgotten about it, but well, I you see, just. I am only able to talk about my cookbook from now until about September, so this could get repetitive. Twenty twenty nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shamelessly whoring it out, <laughs> but I. Won't so be. if people listen to series two, when you were a guest on series two, yeah. 
uh, impressed everybody so much that they were like, we want Kathy back. I got hate mail about that. Um, people that had cut my face out and stuck yours. It wasn't yours, it was Meryl Street, but I kind of understood what they were. You Close know, enough, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very honest. Uh, yeah, you mentioned <laughs> about your, your new book. Um, so it, when you say you're opening champagne, is that because it's launched? I thought it was a pre-order. I thought we couldn't get it yet. It's out on the 10th of June, but I've just right. started seeing advanced copies of it, um, <gasps> which is so lovely to have it. Like an actual in, physical printed yeah, advanced copy. Yeah, oh. in my hands. Oh, oh. So basically my days are sat with a glass of champagne, looking at it, sniffing it, flicking through oh. it, hoping I don't spot any errors, which I haven't yet. So is it your good first time. book? It is my first book, and it is obviously oh. all about the veg patch. So it's just an sure. extension of my usual obsession. Um, so it's been a busy time what about you you're crazy busy at the moment oh yeah sure but I'm always crazy busy so that's okay <clears throat> there's a couple of um, filming things that I can't really talk about that we're doing uh, at the minute um, I love and, it when and, people say that it makes you sound so A-list I'm doing some filming things I probably uh, can't say yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brad um, and I are working on a script <laughs> <laughs> yeah because of obviously that's a, a little job that people don't know about I actually have a, I am a body double for Brad Pitt uh, well not for knew Brad it. Pitt more his brother Cess um <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been in the garden a lot because it started, hasn't it, now? Mm. it's so The switch has gone on. Well, I'd say it's summer, as I was going to say, but I'm sat watching hail now. <laughs> it's BST. British summer, yeah. Exactly. Um, so but as everything starts to, you know, like grow, you sort of a bit more want to keep on top of the weeding and kind of seeing where everything is and stuff. And, and I'm writing a new book, um, not to shower over your book. This is know, exciting. Is, can you tell us about it? Or is that another one of the secret projects? I can, but maybe not just yet, because it's such a unique and different book. I don't want to tell anyone about it yet until I'm a bit further along down the line, just in case somebody steals the idea. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is it a history of nipple tassels? I'm not saying, you can't, I'm not, yes, no, I'm not, <laughs> um, but also, um, you know, this was, it, t- it takes up lots of time, doesn't it, all of our podcasts and stuff, so. It's really exciting, yeah. we've got some great guests. A new website guests. coming as well. And, ooh, a new website. I yes. want to talk to you about your peg, because. Ah, I. Yes. We should briefly explain the peg, shouldn't we, before we get into talking about the peg, because I've got some questions for you about the peg. Right. I'm Tell- not sure we need to explain anything about it. I think everybody's going to be, A, understands 100% wholly what it's about, B, supports me 100%, and C, is probably wearing a peg right now. But if you okay. feel you need to explain it, then that's fine. For those that aren't <laughs> familiar with Jez's peg, mm. um, it is a peg, a garden peg, uh, like a, a washing peg, right? Yes, yeah. a clothes peg. The, yeah. Clothes peg, thank you. That you wear whilst gardening in your top pocket. Mm. Why am I describing it wrong? Well, no, I'm gonna, well, no, you are right, but I have to say I forget it's there. And so to say I wear it when I'm gardening is true, but I also wear it whenever I put my coat or my shirt on because it's there all the time, <laughs> like only Good. in the post office um. <laughs> <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> The lady said, why have you got a peg? And I said, I'm sorry. And she said, why? Because <laughs> I was looking at my hands. And she said, you've got a peg. And I went, oh, it's a really long story. But yes, I, I'm sorry. So I forget that it's there a lot. So, so yeah. normally, and do you forget that the piece of paper which you attach to the peg in order to write your 
to-do list on which is the point do you forget that's there as well sometimes sometimes yep sometimes do you put your address on it so it's (laughs) (laughs) like paddington a little note from my therapist (laughs) (laughs) so anyway we're digressing but so jess has this peg and this note on it and you write your notes as you're gardening yeah. Because like everyone, as you garden, you're w- weeding away and you look over and you go, oh, that needs watering or Lord above, those need potting on. And then you've forgotten it by the time it's a tea break. So you jot yeah. it down and you can always remember it, which is a genius idea. And obviously taken up by gardeners everywhere. It was only me that didn't know about it. But it's a revolution. It really is the peg revolution. But I'm like the Che Guevara of gardening, really. You think that, darling? <laughs> <laughs> what is on your peg at the moment? We're coming into the start of summer. There's quite a lot to do, but I'm wondering what the jobs are that you've got on the peg list at the moment. Uh, well, weeding is always on there because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's easy just to just to nip them in the bud. I like to kind of if you see a little bit of tuft of grass or just have a quick whip round. Uh, quickly all the beds and, and, and the borders and stuff before I do the main jobs because otherwise I get a bit carried away um, the cardoon bed so I'm stripping out a little piece of um, grass behind where the bird feeding station is and moving the cardoons behind there to create this lovely kind of screen and somewhere that the birds can dip in and out of to get to their seeds and uh, the wildflower thing I've created these two big um, I've got several cherry trees in the orchard and two of them in the middle I created these big teardrop beds. Uh, so the cherry trees in the middle, bed around it, and then I've sown native wild flowers in there uh, and mown the grass around it. So a slight sort of change up this year. So that's nice. on my peg and list. Have you sown them as seeds or have you put plugs in? No, I've sown them as seeds. seeds. Interesting. I'm trying to get a wildflower bit to take under my cherry trees as well um and it didn't go brilliantly last year a couple of things came up but i'm just looking into plugs as well because you can buy like 50 plugs at a time or something you can so i have a little tip for you kathy Mm -hmm. uh number one this is uh entirely unendorsed um and well i guess i am endorsing because what i'm about to say but no one's paying for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found that the, you know, buy 500 plugs for £2 offers are terrible, like really terrible. Uh, they can normally come in like a cardboard, like envelope in the post just thrown around and you the uptake is like, I don't know, 3% or something. So, um, but there is a lady, uh, she's on Instagram and Twitter, I think as well, called Rosie B. Rosie B Plants. She used to be in the Cotswolds, I think, or Oxfordshire. She's just moved. Uh, Near me then. Yeah, but she's moved now. I don't know where she is now, but uh, she moved to get bigger premises and a massive kind of uh, 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 polytunnel. And she's done, there's lots of research on her website. She's planted sort of big banks of flowers to see and and, uh, charted how many bumblebees or honeybees or whatever go to the different flowers so that she can say the preference of honeybees or bumblebees of different flowers. So you can sort of choose what you want to plant. And she does a variety pack. um, And I've never had any problems with her stuff. Love it. Thank you for the mm. tip. Pleasure. Great peg. <laughs> Full Thank of them. Um, you need a peg is what you need. I definitely need a peg. Now, you see, I went to a very swanky interior shop um, <laughs> at the weekend uh, just to browse, obviously. And okay. they ha- had, you would have loved it, they had fabulous wicker baskets full of different sized pegs. 
beautiful crafted wooden ones and different thicknesses and different wow. sizes, all graded beautifully. It was like Peg Sweet Shop. You'd oh have been in heaven. Word. It's like Peg Porn. I need to. I need to look at this. I've not had an email asking me for for some sort of licensing approval about this. I think you should check your spam. Oh, mm. This is. I mean, that's the problem with revolutions, isn't it? You just sometimes you don't get control over where it goes. It just sort of spirals out of. I guess that's one of the things that comes with being a guru. Just again, you think that, oh. darling. <laughs> So we've got a new feature, Cathy, haven't we? We have. We a new feature. So we used to have book of the month and album of the month and, and different other bits of the month. But because we've got you here, right, this is, I absolutely have to maximise on having both a cookery writer, a vegetable grower, um, who, I mean, your career started because of veg, right? And your love of kind of food and veg. And so you created this lovely sweet spot, this niche of, you know, I grow loads of veg. I've got an awful lot of it left over. I happen to be a chef. So let me, you know, combine the two and your supper clubs and all that kind of people can, they can look at that. They can look at the exposés and the scandals online so in many. their own time. <laughs> But you need to step up to the mark more. I'm gonna, you are now a co-host, right? You can't let me just go off on a tangent like this. Um, <laughs> I'm not your keeper, I'm a co-host. <laughs> my handler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do have you in my... I've got, like, different saved groups of people in my phone, like like um, professional colleagues and clients have a different kind of, you know, phone book and whatever. And do you, you are really? in... The, yeah, yeah, so they're separated, so it's easy for me to, rather than scrolling through, I can just find people. It also means I can text people in one group. Um, you know, if I want to say to all my friends, you know, I'm having another debauchery event, would you like to come? Well, now uh, you see I'm worried, because what why? if someone's a bit of both? Well, am I in friend or am I in work? No, you're colleague? in the therapist's one. Okay, um, good. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so that's what I'm saying. You know, you have a responsibility within my life that you might not have known about, but you, you, you do. Um, so, uh, because I've got you here, I thought, well, I think we should start a new feature, Vegetable of the Month. I'm a bit, I'm excited, but I'm also a bit scared about this because I don't know what vegetable no. you're going to say is Vegetable of the Month and then you Correct. want me to tell you what to cook with it, right? Yes. So I thought okay. what we'd do is I come up with Vegetable of the Month, you tell me why it's Vegetable of the Month, <laughs> and then you give me a recipe of the month so that's another new feature based mm. on the vegetable of the month okay See? let's try it go very easy for somebody of your caliber <sighs> i mean me. only somebody who you know didn't have the experience you have would struggle with this so not that you're setting me up to fail let's go try it oh no wait no stop it's going to be vegetable of the week of isn't the it week well because it's a weekly podcast now I'm or really glad we're on top of this. <laughs> we totally didn't... It's, it's vegetable of the episode. Okay. And recipe of the episode. Right, vegetable of the episode, series three, episode one, is the aubergine, which I only ever now, when I'm... Because of the environment that we're in on social media, only ever sort of associate with... Well, not an aubergine. And yeah. so whenever I see it used as an aubergine, it kind of makes me makes my eyebrows lift. And I think, well, that was a very open use of the... Oh, no, of course, she means an aubergine. That's right. Yeah, not one to emoji, for sure. No. Definitely so. one to cook with, though. Oh, I'm glad you've picked aubergine. I feel much better now. That's a lovely oh. one. 
so Ooh. many things you can do with an aubergine. Really? To cook <laughs> with. Oh, Lord above. No, I'm, just, no, I'm excited about what you're going to say. If you're listening to the podcast and you can't see him, his eyebrows just, like, left his head. In the kitchen, they have many uses. It's very exciting. Uh, where would I start with an aubergine? Well, the first thing I would do is get it on the barbecue. Oh, so good. What, whole? Well, you could do whole, but I prefer slicing it into maybe half half centimetre to a centimetre thick. Right. Um, slivers, oil, salt and pepper, Ooh. then straight onto the griddles of the barbecue for a, f- a good hot barbecue for a few minutes yeah. each side. Um but not too mm. hot because if they really char, it can be overwhelming. So you've got right. those lovely griddle lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, Does it? Are they not quite watery aubergines? Does it not sort of just melt between the griddle bars? No, they're really <coughs> meaty, and they're so a mm. courgette might do that, but an aubergine right. will be fine. Um, Gorgeous. And then I would get it in a big platter and drizzle some more extra virgin olive oil over it and then I would go for a cheese on top I think maybe a really what do I think oh a really lemony goat's cheese crumbled over the top would be lovely and then all the herbs you can muster some parsley and some basil and some dill Uh, if you feel like adding some parma ham that would be nice too but Gosh. not necessarily and then pile all of that onto some pita breads or toasted sourdough really good like really good really nice uh, the, the, you've, they're all quite earthy flavors actually aren't they so if you add the parma ham and also the goat's cheese as well that's quite earthy yeah but also really quick and lovely to do, particularly on a barbecue, because often people think straight to the meat on the barbecue. But that's yes, a lovely, yeah. could be a nice big main salad dish. Ooh, well done. Thanks. So you're going to add that recipe to Instagram? Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, and actually, we could uh, remind people of one of the episodes of the um, uh, griddle when we cooked over the fire pit. We cooked some vegetables, didn't we? We and did. And that's a similar kind of thing. We didn't use aubergine. We used courgette and carrots and maybe something else. And some beetroot, um, I think, didn't we? That was so yes. much fun when I came and up to your beans. place. Beans. You, did, you introduced me to <laughs> griddling beans. That's Marley. Hey, Marley. <laughs> saying, ooh, yes, aubergine. Aubergines, yes, please. <laughs> or any friendly. other form of supper would exactly. be nice. <laughs> yes, anything. <laughs> Um, that sounds gorge. I Good. love that. Oh, that's a great start. Thank you, Jez. I'm happy about that feature now. I'm ready well, for that. Well, I mean, my my idea is that over the weeks there will be an increasing sense of challenge oh, for them. So they're going to get odder and odder, are they? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've started pretty odd with an aubergine, haven't that's I, in start. terms of its shape and look or egg if plant you've, for uh, our American listeners. If anyone listening's got any requests, then uh, tell us on Instagram what you'd yeah. like vegetable of the week to be and I'll uh, I will accept the challenge. Love it. Love it. You have done our first uh interview with our new celebrity guest interview feature, haven't you? I'm yes. very jealous you got to do the first one. Not least because of the gloriousness of who you interviewed. Tell us all about him. <laughs> yes. He is uh, suave, I think. I would, oh, debonair, debonair, I would use, Cathy, I think, to describe him. Good choice of the, words. 
the fondant fancy of the gardening world. Uh, this is the lovely <laughs> Arthur Parkinson, who isn't necessarily a name that a lot of people would be familiar with. It's not like he's one of our regular TV gardeners or anything like that. But my word, he has an incredible and justified uh, big following, certainly online. Um, and I think, I have to say, I think we got in there at the right time, Cathy. I think I think we did. Have you seen his new, his latest book? His second book beautiful. is just yeah. gorgeous. All about yeah. growing uh, flowers in pots. And yeah. his choice of colours are just so fabulous blousy yeah. and beautiful and over yeah, the yeah, top yeah. and voluptuous oh gorgeous yeah, instagram account i love it so he trained at q q gardens most famously worked with sarah raven our uk celebrity gardener um and he's got this passion he's, he's only young um but he's got this real deep passion for cut flowers um and growing cut flowers but arranging them as well but also he's got this passion for chickens and I don't think those two go together especially well. Well, um, I would agree with you. Yeah. But he's obviously worked it out. He's made it work. I did ask him about the chickens and the cut flower thing. Um, do you want to take a little listen? Let's do it. He's a very, very interesting man. Our first celebrity guest for Root Springs and Other Things Series 3, it is Arthur Parkinson. So Kathy is going to be very jealous. Well, I know she's jealous because she already told me that she was really jealous that I got to speak to you and she didn't because I'm getting all the great guests at the minute. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying she's not getting good guests, but I think the quality of my guest is a little better. Um, so uh, we'll talk about the Instagram in a second, because that's yeah. pretty much on fire. We'll also talk about the chickens as well, because I'm super yes. interested in the chickens. I have an issue with the chickens, so we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but okay. <laughs> you're, not with your chickens, just generally chickens and flowers. <laughs> okay. uh, but you're a lover of pots. Um, of plant pots mm -hmm. that's kind of your thing so i want to get yeah. straight in to top advice from arthur parkinson what are, what are your kind of pot tips because i i haven't said oh, i sound like i've got loads of issues i've sort of got issues with pots as well i've got loads <laughs> of pots in the garden i do love a pot okay i like a big pot uh, but Good. the two issues i have are affordability for mm -hmm. kind of the general population you know when my yeah uh my dog died last year i had to have been put down and I wanted to buy mm -hmm. a beautiful big terracotta pot. And <laughs> okay. I'm, not, I'm sure there were other terracotta pots, but in my slightly post-sadness losing dog <laughs> inability you, to... You spent the best of a grand on a terracotta pot. I did, pot. yeah. And I was quite surprised, you know, that, that it was sort of around... Let's just say it was around mm. the £500 mark. Um, okay. So there's that, affordability. Because um, I think lots of people like the newer pots. And second thing is watering. Oh, mm. man alive. Okay, so you're the expert okay. on pots. You're the one that's obsessed by it, all right? We, we've all been drawn into the Arthur Parkinson world of pots. Tell mm. us that it's possible <laughs> and that it's affordable. Well, Jez, um, I don't know if you looked at my garden closely, but you'll notice there are no large terracotta pots no. in my garden. Um, instead, I use um, dolly tubs, which, which are on the pricey side. I will admit that, you know, they are they are now seen as a vintage item so if you're in london you'll be hard pushed to find one below 200 quid but wow. but you know i've never spent i've never spent 200 quid in dolly tub because i am sure. constantly looking on ebay pre-loved upcycle you name it i'm keying in old <laughs> dustbin dolly tub vintage planter i'm constantly looking sure as well as you know scouting around neighborhoods and looking what people have put out for the scrap metal man sure um 
And in the past, I've also shagged farmers. So I've had you know, <laughs> access to old cattle troughs and lovely metal mangers. And so you, I've, I've just scouted around. You know, I haven't gone out and bought this garden in a weekend at sure. Burford Garden Centre. I've, I've, you know, it's been a long saving up thing and and you know you you choose what you spend your money on don't yeah, you i've yeah, not yeah. got nike trainers i've not i you know i'm not going on holiday every five minutes i'm i spend my money on my garden because that's what makes me happy sure and unfortunately everything that's beautiful in life costs money whether it's makeup clothes you know so why yeah. we make out gardening is for free it, it frustrates me to be honest and i think it, it's naughty to do that yeah um because you know, I, I've said no to several gardening programs because they've said, can you do a garden maker for nothing? No, I can't. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Simple as I don't want I don't want old car tires as pots. I want beautiful things. And yes. and they do cost a bit of money. But, you know, it, it's not extortionate. You just have to look around for for your pots. And I don't have any expensive Cretan terracotta long toms because they are out of my budget and. I do like them in, you know, a country garden. Sure. I think they look lovely. And actually in my in my boyfriend's garden where I'm living much more, we have got big terracotta pots. Sure. Um, but we've had to save up for them. Yeah. Um, so that that's my answer to, to price well, issues. Well, I, I think that's great because <laughs> like in terms of saving up for them, that's exactly what you would do with, I don't know, if you mm. wanted a... A car, uh, anything, piece yeah, of furniture. Exactly. Fashionable yeah. shirt or, I don't know, whatever. So, yeah, yeah. And you're quite right in as much that... You know, if you're going to if if you want the look and that's the look you want, then that look is going to pay off for years and years and years and years and years mm. and years and years. Whereas a car is going to get smashed into a dent. It depends how bad your driving is. Uh, and you're... Well, sadly, I haven't I haven't got to a point where I need to afford a car. I failed my fairy test again yesterday. Uh, well, so, you know what? All the best people fail I'll their test the first time. So you're, you're all good for that. Um, so what about watering then? So that's the other mm. thing is that. Because the pots look great. Your garden, and I know at your, your you live at your mum's, right? With and, and she's no, I, I well, moved. I live. I'm, I've moved in with my my partner James now, but I'm still doing the garden at my mum's. Okay, um, so you've got a bigger because... garden now, then. No, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a smaller. I've almost got a garden that's a little bit bigger, but not not big enough to do chickens or a uh -huh. huge orchard in but we're, we're we're getting there with it you know we're sure. just buying more and more pots and we've we've got pots in the flower bed and um, a gorgeous big copper that he bought um which did cost a lot of money sure. um but he but he bought that um so yeah we're slowly slowly getting our heads around what we want the garden to be he cooks so i'm doing lots of herbs in pots uh, okay. um, which is something i've not really given much interest to but I'm really enjoying, you know, growing lemon verbena and lots sure. of different basils and marjoram. So, yeah, I've, I'm still trying to keep the, the garden in Austin going. Um, my mum's very willing to, you know, she, the windowsills are full of seeds as usual and things <laughs> yes, like right. that. So I've kind of got two gardens now. And with, I suppose with the with being a lover of flowers, you can let mm. a lot of that. I mean, certainly I do here. I always plant twice as much herbs as I think I'm going to need because I can have half of me that can be cut. And then I just let the other half flower and you know, yeah. bees adorn those. So I suppose you can do the same, can't you? With the yeah, I mean, marjoram is the best flower for a bee. So, you know, yeah. tons of marjoram, tons of borage chives rosemary yeah it's, it's fantastic and i'm also really interested suddenly in all the scented leaf pelagoniums too uh -huh. nice. um so it's it's amazing how a different garden completely changes what you're interested in sure yeah of course um, that's yeah. that's a, yeah i suppose it's a bit like moving house in a way isn't it? sort of fresh start yeah. think, oh, what, what can yeah. i do in the space and, and so talk to me i'm sorry i railroaded that about watering so do you have a particular 
is it you know is there a particular time that's best to water pots is there do you sort of have a ritual where you say well do you know what? every night five o'clock before i do this i do my watering because keeping on top of watering pots is a challenge right yeah it is and okay. um especially with 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 climate change you know the summers are suddenly getting hotter um and i think people think the rain is going to water pots unfortunately that doesn't happen um but i'm not you know i, I don't have tons of time so I think the biggest thing to do with with containers is the bigger the better because they're going to hold more moisture in the soil. Yes. And the compost is key. You know, if you're if you're just filling up your pots with cheap multi-purpose peat-based compost, which none of us should be doing anymore, it's almost like within a few weeks you've just got a solid dead block of compost sure. that doesn't absorb much, bakes. So I've I've learned to really invest in compost and mix in as much you know well-rotted organic manure as you can get hold of. Um, when I go walk in the park, if I've got a bag for life in my pocket and I see a nice fresh molehill, I'll always bag up a few handfuls and just mix it in with, with shop-bought peat-free compost. And it's amazing how the soil changes and becomes more happy to absorb water. Sure. And in terms of watering, drenching is better than sprinkle-sprinkle and always in the evening or first thing in the morning. Um, there's a lot of stuff people say about water being at a certain temperature. I've not really felt that that's any issue. Sure. Um, you know, as long as you're not putting boiling water on things. Yeah. And I, I really wish I had space to have a, a not a water book, but there was a garden, I think Bunny Guinness did it once at Chelsea, and it was a kitchen garden potager. And um, she'd got like a big galvanised square water tank that she did as like a water plunger where she could just plunge her watering can in. And so if I had a bit more space, I'd definitely have one of them because sure. it's it, you're waiting for that tap to fill up the watering can. And that's what takes the time. Um, yeah you're right so you do it like a relay i do like a relay of the pots i go up and down yes. and every pot when it's full summer season so from like july onwards gets almost two buckets worth of water one bucket will just be water and the second one will have a few cups of liquid seaweed feed mixed in um how often are you so doing I'm that feeding after? and watering um with with cut flowers so cosmos and dahlias they get fed once a week from, right. from july onwards okay yeah so you're letting that you're allowing them to dry out a bit anyway. So you're you're a fan of this idea of a little bit of stress promotes growth. Mm, no, not not with the dahlias. Okay. I mean, I am watering from from July. Let's say it's a normal year, and July starts to heat up, and it's then hot till, you know, middle of September. Sure. I'm probably watering once every two days, quite a lot. Sure. Um, and, and, so no, I'm not I'm not a believer in in stressing something like a dahlia out. You just you just tend to get mildew. Yeah. Um, and the flower reduction very quickly drops they get thirsty. which i guess in your style of dense beautiful planting um, mm. uh, which we see a lot you know with sarah which we'll come to in a second um th that's a big deal right because if you know if one Ma massively yeah mildew, then you're done aren't you for the whole lot yeah and, and you know keeping keeping things fed and watered is the key to prevent mildew particularly sure. with things like sweet peas i mean as soon as they get the, if they get a hint of neglect you might as well take them out of the cotton. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. listen, let's move on to my pressing issue, right? <laughs> my, mm. my other issue. <laughs> so I love chickens. I've had chickens. I like probably mm -hmm. ducks more, but let's not get into that. It's okay. Um, but chickens plus flowers, like the worst nightmare ever. How, how 
do you keep a beautiful garden with pecky things that mine, they like dug everywhere. There was bark everywhere. There were like young things coming out. And they were like, yeah. how do you do okay. it? Okay. <laughs> what, what, what breeds of chickens were they? They were uh, black ones. <laughs> okay. Black Novagens. Uh, that was I, it. Black Novagens. Oh, okay. I'm sensing they were hybrid laying chickens. Yes, correct. Yes. Did you not bother to Google um, no. chicken breeds before you? Okay. Well, oh, no, it's, no. Not, really. <laughs> it's my um, fault. I get it. Because, I see where this is you'll, going. You'll, you'll see that all my hens are quite um, tea cozy-ish bantams. Bantams are small hens with feathered feet. And um, yeah, it's a simple rule. If you want laying chickens, they, they have to be kept in an area of the garden, which is fenced off. Yeah. And, you know, given a, a cabbage every couple of days to peck out or a bunch of nettles. And they will lay you lots of beautiful eggs for most of the year. Or you can have something that looks like, a, you know, a little feather duster, yes. which has got feathery feet and doesn't destroy the garden as much. Note, I'm saying as much. <laughs> um, because the thing is, a hen sees a wallflower and it is a salad to a hen. Sure, and I can't, sure. you can't change that. So, um, yeah, it's about breed selection, really. And... Uh, you know, you won't see me Instagramming me having a flock of a dozen Morans or ex battery hens in my garden ever, because yeah. they would they would ruin the garden, and I would I would grow to hate them. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> but uh, but what what makes me laugh is the only time I've really been upset over animals in the garden has been when people have brought their dogs around, because right. I find a dog does a hell of a lot more damage than a hen. I've seen a Labrador just march for a bed of tulips and I've actually told the owner to leave. <laughs> so I, I think there's a bit of bias sure. going on against hens. Um, I think it's just, you know, research the hens you want. Yeah. And, you know, ex-battery hens, hybrid layers, the classic likes of six chickens, they're all sadly, you know, have them at the allotment and give them a nice big yeah. Yeah, yeah. somewhere in the garden. Uh, or, or have phantoms yeah sure. yeah and just research what you want the hens for and how you want them to be now, in your garden my assistant has asked me to ask you do you have a favorite chicken yeah i do claudia um <gasps> Cla no. claudia came to me um from a, a flock on a local allotment and the whole flock had been killed by rats during the night and wow this sweet little boy got out of the car with his dad they contacted me on instagram and they said would you please have our last hen Oh. And this poor little, this sweet little six-year-old waddled up the drive with this little hen in his arms, and and she's been a massive character, and she's oh, in charge yeah. of all the all the flock now. So yeah, Claudia probably. Um, they do all have sort of names. I kind of forget who's who, unless they've got real characters sure. like Claudia. That's a deserved um, favourite, I think. Um, yeah. Now, one of the reasons that people get chickens, of course, is for pest control. So if mm. you haven't got um, chickens, because your flowers. Yeah. I mean, they always look great. Like, you know, I have, I'm forever scrabbling around trying to find ash from the fire or the pizza oven just so that I can put around hostas and tulips and stuff because they get eaten alive by slugs and other things. Have you got sort of top tips for, for pest control if you can't have chickens or don't want chickens? Yeah, um, nematodes are my number one secret weapon. Oh, really. as in um, worms, as in the eel Yeah, things. the eel worms. And um, oh. they get applied to the garden two do times a year. Do you buy those after? I do. Right. Yeah. And again, you know, it's it's not cheap, but they're totally organic. Um, and they really, in a small space, work. Um, so I, I, I applied both the one for slugs and snails and the one for vine weevil. Sure. Um, so two applications for each type of nematode 
two times a year, once in May and then the second one in round about September while the soil's still warm. And so they're going to live the in the pot. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it, it's, and, you know, I, I garden organically. Um, ironically, the biggest manufacturer of stub pellets is on the edge of the town where I live <laughs> and dock. Um, but, you know, slug pellets, they don't work and they've killed all our, our songbirds. And sure. so, you know, it's, it's, it's awful to be using any chemicals, I think. And I use, I don't use any weed killers because I don't mind the weeds anymore. I've become much more romantic in, in flowers lately. I don't mind dandelions and things. It's, sure. it's kind of, I think it's important to just go, it's a, it's a flower and yeah. we need as many flowers as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're talking, that's a brilliant segue because one of the things I was going to ask was we love a bee on this podcast. Um, sure. And you often think about wildflower meadows and swathes of sort of bee flowers um, mm. and people sort of, you know, reclaiming patches of their lawn. Uh, but can you grow bee friendly containers? You know, if you wanted a, if you didn't have much space or you wanted pots in your garden and thought that's quite a nice idea to, is, is that possible? And what sort of things would you put in it? Yeah, absolutely. It's very easy to be honest. I mean, the reason I wrote the flower yard book was to try and match garden glamour with, with wildlife friendliness. Um, cause I just, I think people get scared when you, when you say the word wildflower yes. and it's confusing for a lot of people who are new to gardening. I mean, the fact is a single dahlia, so Bishop of Landell, that will be offering a nectar bar for far longer than a perennial cornflower in a wildflower meadow because sure. they flower until the very first frost. And, you know, so bees and butterflies, when they're needing to stock up on nectar and pollen for their autumn migration or their autumn hibernation, flowers like single dahlias and cosmos, they're absolutely invaluable, really. Um, and there's lots of old-fashioned bedding plants that, are coming back into fashion that are brilliant for bees. So wallflowers, um, heliotropes, both of which have fantastic scent, snapdragons, you know, um, French marigolds, English marigolds. The majority of them are single or semi-double. What that means is they're not totally sterile. What you want to avoid are the double ones. Um, and a lot of the classic bedding plants that supermarkets have shoved down our throats yes. in the foyer. So petunias aren't too bad. I mean, they're not completely sterile. But things like busy lizzies and begonias, just forget them. Yeah, uh, they're horrible. Um, you know, plant plant cosmos instead. Amazing. That's great advice. Now, yeah. uh, you've got a new book. You mentioned the book. We've sort of alluded to it. We've teased. I think it's fair to say we've teased. <laughs> um, teased. <laughs> why did you write the book? How long did it take mm. you to write it? Did you enjoy it? Tell us about the book. What's it called? Where can we get it? Well, I I done my first book uh, called The Pottery Gardener, which like the flower yard was. The photos were done before the words because I take my own photos. And so eventually when you're doing that about a specific space, a garden, a house, anything, you, you build up a, almost a book before you write it. Um, and you're constantly thinking, oh, that'd be a good double page spread or that's definitely a, a proper photo. Um, and I wrote it because on Instagram, there was so much questions and interest in what I was doing in, in my pots and, I think that there's a lot of books out there about gardens which are sort of pretending to be small gardens, but actually there's a shed out the back and there might sure. be a lawn. And and to me, to be honest, if you've got a shed and a lawn, your garden isn't that small yes. because I haven't got any of that. You know, we've got a tiny cottage. It look, the, the funny thing is it looks like we're in the countryside. We're totally not. We've got a huge inner relief road that's literally, um, you know, 
30 metres from the door. Right. Um, and we're in the middle of a, an ex-mining town on the edge of Nottingham. So the photos give the impression, especially when the hens are pecking around, that we're possibly somewhere else, but sure. we're not. So I, I did it as, as what, I hope, what I hope it does is for anybody who wants to create an escape through being bold with planting in a town, it will be a, a help for them. Sure. And it's also dedicated to my, my two favourite plants, really, which are tulips and dahlias. Um, you know that that they basically make the the foundation of the book and then there's a lot of things you know a lot of opinions on how to be wildlife friendly about garden birds what we need to do to encourage and nurture them and also you know bits because the the first book I did the pottery gardener was was personal again this book is personal it's not exactly an a to b how to do it it's it's very much my voice and my year of gardening. So I've, you know, I've included my my nana who lives up the road where I keep the hens and and things like that. Um, so hopefully it will be a nice a nice read as well as a practical resource for people. So it's a genuine sort of inspiration book, the sort of thing you could dip into and, and think, you know, what what did Arthur do during this period of time, or what did what, what what's he done in his own spaces? Yeah, rather than a you know something that's just about gardening. Yeah, sure. Uh, I couldn't write a book like that anyway. Um, I have to feel it deeper yeah. than that. You know, even if I'm writing an article for the magazine, it's it's got to be from somewhere that's, you know, quite deep and passionate. Otherwise, I can't I can't write. You know, sure. It's quite an interesting way of doing it, having that body of photographs that you're presumably you're not taking the photographs thinking I must take photographs for a book. You're taking photographs because they're of interest you want to take and it looks beautiful there's a vignette or something that you think oh well, you know. yeah I mean I think I think it's nice to share things and um I think I was taught that probably by Sarah Raven who I work for you know she's a massive sharer and a teacher it's not like oh I've got this garden and I don't want anyone to look at it yes at the same time I don't want people turning up on the front doorstep yeah but I I, I you know I want to I want to encourage people to garden and and just to to love life and what gardening can do for the planet you know i think if you can try and encourage that good things will happen sure i guess you're the new Mm. generation of gardener right i mean there's there has been talk of on the town let's not pretend arthur that you are the the new the sort of fondant fancy of gardening if i may even suggest well that's sweet that's sweet (laughs) i mean i i think i'm guessing people are waiting till i get old um, because i'm not (laughs) You know, I'm not exactly, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm there yet, but I'm told I am. But, well, um, I, I yeah, think... Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, I, can't, I can't pretend I don't feel happy about the interest, but I, I, it does feel a bit like the whole gardening thing is still, you've got to become old yes. to do it. Well, I think you know, on, a... on screen, you know, um, but we'll just see. Um, a... I, I think if I can do, but I mean, the wonderful thing about trying to get on telly if you are an author is it just sell books and that's how books sell now yes so that's why i'm hoping you know little by little i will be on telly a bit more um just just, just to sell books i think you know, look, a... look at nigella and nigel slater and yeah. and i think gardening is very similar to the cookery industry the cookery book industry as, as well and that's why passionate personal books mm. Uh, are successful in gardening too it's it's like the, the Nigel Slater cookbooks I think it's important also for young people to be able to see other younger people to in order to drive mm. that inspiration right you know to, to they want you know wouldn't that be wonderful to have a whole generation of younger gardeners 
um, to inspire younger people away from screens and away from social media and away from technology back out into basically a reconnection with our ancestors in terms of being in the garden. So uh, I think you're in yeah. the right space at the right time. Um, yeah, I hope so. So listen, we've come to the end of our interview, but I have a, a quick fire round of questions. All right, really quick. Okay. So five questions. You have no idea what I'm going to ask you. Uh, it's it's quick fire. So the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yep. Great. <laughs> and these are going to be, I think you're going to be our first interview of the new series. Um, and we've got some great celebrity guests lined up. Um, so you're setting the tone, Arthur. All right. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Uh, question number one, your favourite flower to grow? Orange. Wow, that surprises me. Okay. <laughs> Why borage? It's the kind of seed you can sow when you're hungover. And it's just... <laughs> well, you can literally it, lob it, it anywhere and it will just Yeah, just exactly. Grow. <laughs> and the bees love it. You can put it in ice cubes for gin and tonic, pick it for a vase and it self-seeds. And yeah. the bees, uh, it's just... It's just the kind of desert island seed that I'd take somewhere. I'd love um, to let it, I'd love to yeah. have the lack of self-control in order to just let it go because I'm forever weeding it. Like it's, You should. Imagine the buzz of the bees. If you had, I mean, I, I, I'd love, I'm hoping it really self-sows in my new garden. Yeah, as I'm sure your neighbours will let you know if it does as well. <laughs> um, question two. Don't talk to me about neighbours. <laughs> okay, sensitive subject. We'll move on. Uh, question two. You're only allowed one flower to arrange. Which one? Cosmos. Oh, beautiful. Great. Yes. Good choice. Yeah. I Cosmos, love that. Cosmos Purity or Dazzle, because they last longer in the vase than dailies. You can get a week out of a lovely big jug of Cosmos. Also, the lovely thing about yeah. Cosmos is you've got that, the, the sort of intricacy of the delicate fronds of, of leaf yes. and stem and stuff. So you get, you get double for your money. It's not just about the flower, is it? Yeah. You get the sort of lovely. Um, okay. Number three, slightly contentious one Sarah Raven or Emma Bridgewater? <laughs> Sarah Raven. Oh, well done. Um, is, she, is it like sort of true to say that she's become a sort of a like a mum, like a sort of second or an aunt figure yeah. in your life? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a she's, lovely thing. She's my be best friend. How wonderful. Mum. Yeah, yeah, I'm very lucky. I love that. It's great when you find those people. Um, question four: bulbs or plugs? Oh, that is hard. Bulbs. Okay. What made you so? That's a tricky one to answer. What made you go with bulbs? Um. Because if I really wanted to, most of the things I order in as a plug, I could grow from a seed. Uh, I'm quite, you know, I'm quite lazy. Like I'll order in from Virgia plugs and yeah, plugs when actually I could, if I really, if I really was on it, I could grow. Goes seed. hand bulb, in glove just, with your hangovers. <laughs> yeah, just to say, to say no to bulbs would be no tulips, no narcissi, no hyacinths. So yeah. no bul bulbs. Yeah. Bulbs. And last question. The best garden you've ever visited. Where would that be? Because we're all going to be flocking. It would. Then. It would. It would have to be. That is. That is hard. It would have to be Chatsworth, I think, mainly because there's so many happy memories there, and it's where I met my friend Becky Crowley, who, who's now working in America for Fluet Flower, but she started the cutting garden at Chatsworth, which is linked very closely to the kitchen garden. There's that wonderful merge of kitchen garden to cook put flower garden there sure. um and it's the first garden that i saw chickens be arranging ah, nice yeah. so a, an inspiration for you as well yeah like lifelong yeah i love love going 
Well, listen, Arthur, this has been a joy. Thank you very much for your time Thank today. You, Let's Loved give it. a Thank real you. quick plug for uh, the name of your book, where people can get it. And also, if people haven't already connected with you on social media and or elsewhere, where can we find Arthur Parkinson? I'm on Instagram. I'm, I'm shamelessly addicted to Instagram. Um, the book is The Flower Yard, um, and you can buy it at Waterstones. You can buy it signed at sayraven.com, or you can be naughty and buy it on Amazon. <laughs> Well, it's a joy and a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed, Arthur. Thank you, Jeff, I, no and I hope you try to get chickens again. Oh, do you? <laughs> well, listen, if I do, the first one I get, I promise I'll call it Arthur. How's that? The least I could do. <laughs> Arthur the hen. That's very sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you have a great day. I know you're super busy. You too, Jess. What a sweetheart he was. Right? Oh. Suave, see? Suave. Suave. Classy um, guests only on this podcast. <laughs> well, we definitely started well. Um, and his view on dogs, please. Does he his like dogs? His view on dogs? What yeah, do you mean? Does he, well, does he like dogs? Oh, I don't know. I didn't ask him. You didn't ask I didn't, him? Well, it was just about chickens. It didn't... I should, probably should have asked him, really, shouldn't I? Yeah. I ask him if he liked dogs. You definitely should. I mean, if someone's a cat person or a dog person, these things matter. Uh, that is, yes, the social, the great social divide. Well, we should find out, because if he's a cat person, we can't have him on the show. We'll have to delete this bit, won't we? <laughs> That's going to be really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> <coughs> yes, no, you're right. I should have asked. I'll tell you what, but, uh, yeah, we, we should find out before we agree to interview people, whether or not they're cat people or they're dog people. How is this we? not a question you just ask people when you first meet them? Cats or dogs? Well, it normally is when I meet them in real life. I think I was just a bit sort of, I don't know, maybe a Overwhelmed. bit... Overwhelmed. Just, yeah. Okay, right. Okay, here's the deal. From now on, cat or dog person, we have to ask everybody. All right. Done. All of our celebrity guests, I want, I want like, deep, investigative journalist-type yeah. questions. Personal, yeah. deeply personal, like, do you prefer cats or dogs? And Marley agrees as well, so that's good. Yeah, we Headley's very keen on it, or he would be if he was awake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talking of doggies, it's a nice little segue. Mm, well done. <laughs> You're such a pro, Jen. Well, I've done it once or twice, you know. <laughs> I love my old dog um, so much. He's adapted so well to being on his own. Um, Darling Molly. You know, I think these are his twilight months, Cathy. Um, How old is he? Well, he's 11. Okay. 12 in September. <clears throat> he's 11. He doesn't like me talking about his age. Uh, <laughs> I can hear you! <laughs> um, but uh, his back legs are going. Oh. Um, he's got a few little sort of health problems, but he's noticeably a lot weaker in his back legs. And sometimes, bless him, he falls over. Oh, and pumpkin. so it's we are slowly getting to that. So I don't really take Marley on walkies because um, he doesn't go. And he trots about here. And, you know, the garden is big enough in the house and whatever. But yeah. um, every now and again, we take him out. So we, my time with Moo is more sort of gentle, gentle time. You know, we lay in the sun together and chat and we very gently roll the ball because in his head he thinks he's four, but his body very much is not. Oh. Um but I sort of miss the walkies because you still go for like proper walks, don't you? you know, I Hadley do. Walks. I I've, I have a Springer, Hadley. He's just nine. He was nine last week. We had a party. Oh, and he did is you? just starting to slow up, actually. I run a lot. And so I would 
normally take him on a 10k run at a time and we wow. run every we don't run 10k every day but we run a lot okay. every day sure. um but he's just starting to get to the stage where if i do sometimes i do i'm gonna get geeky now sometimes mm-hmm. i do interval runs so i run very oh, fast geez. for a minute just or very fast for a kilometre and then I walk for a bit and then fast for a bit. Ah, okay. And he's just getting to the stage where if I do a fast section, he looks at me like, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> Slow the hell down. <laughs> he's not very happy about that. So no. I do I do understand what it's like as they start to... I'm with Hadley. <laughs> but what he's doing or what he's been doing in the last couple of months uh, is in our woodland, not our woodland, I wish it was. It's the <laughs> the woodland close to the village that seems to be unowned, and we all walk our dogs through. Um, the wild garlic harvest in there has been Ooh. fabulous. Really late because it's been so cold and it's so wet in there, so we're several weeks behind. So it's only just starting to go over as summer starts. And Hadley has taken to like running through it, and it's just at the height that his tummy like. It's almost like he's surfing in it and it must tickle his tummy as he runs through it. And he comes home absolutely reeking of garlic and he's in heaven. He loves it. They like garlic dogs, don't they? There's a bit of a sort of divide there. Some people say you shouldn't give it to them and lots of people do give it to them because it's, uh, I think it's technically poisonous, I think, but in sort of small doses it's used in lots of health things for dogs. I never quite understand whether you can or you can't. Well, I'd heard that, but for Hadley it's just a sort of meditative spa therapy yeah. of like frolicking ah. through the end of the wild garlic on his walk he's very happy. i don't i only have a very small maybe third of a manger of wild garlic so it's not even enough for me to writhe in even if i got in the manger disappointing that's marley saying can you cut that like you know we don't talk about the things that happen in the veg patch so personal <laughs> personal time don't involve me in your embarrassing shenanigans (laughs) oh dear no i do love our little times with our doggies and uh, from now on we will find out what other things our celeb guests get up to with their doggies as well i'm really looking forward to that and we've got so many brilliant guests coming up uh on next week's episode and beyond haven't we when do we do book of the month jez a week week book of the week (laughs) We, we can do i tell you what book of the month has got a sort of nice ring to it and understandable book of the week puts a tiny bit of pressure on these are going to be legacy books i'm not kidding just just a little bit I'm book not... a week <laughs> well have you got one you've got one there sounds like we do it now doesn't it let's do it <laughs> i have do you would you like to do yours first ladies first kathy you are on no new... no after you my darling oh that's very kind of you i was going to do You're it anyway welcome. um so <laughs> I know. (laughs) I have got... This is gorgeous. And it made me realise that I probably need to revisit it. I probably won't read it all again. But you know when you you kind of skip through it to remind yourself of the bits? Mm. This is a book called Miraculous Abundance. And if you're looking on YouTube, uh, you can see the uh, cover now, which is quite nice of our brand new feature of being able to see us recording this. Um, It's by, I don't speak French, Jeunet... Hot dog, palais, francaise, café, s'il vous plaît. Ah, so, oui, bien sûr. Uh, uh, so it is by, please excuse the inter- the pronunciation, Perrine and Charles Hervé Gruyère. I can do the accent. They sound fun. I know, don't they? 
Um, <laughs> so basically, it's a one-quarter acre uh, plot that they bought way back in 2004, I think, or, or they started growing it in 2004. Um, and they decided they would look over the next sort of 10 years to actively grow stuff. So to use a quarter acre, could they get back to sort of traditional farming techniques in France? Of course, not limited to France. We had it here, you know, sort of old school ways of managing a bit of land. Um, and what were the little tips and tricks and techniques and stuff? So there's one bit where they talk about having paths, tiny the smaller path as you can get away with to access around the garden and the growing so that you're maximizing the crop yield but also growing up as well so you're using the height in this such a small space and they wanted to develop permaculture and um, eco-friendly ways of growing food to be entirely self-sustainable that would be easy to replicate so the tagline is um, one quarter acre two french farmers and enough food to feed the world so you're only growing what you're going to use um, it takes them through their sort of research as to what to use and what not to use. Maybe they could sell their glut at the local market and they could get a bit of money in order to be self-sustainable. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful book. And it's written in a kind of memoir-y um, uh, style. But what's really lovely is it's their personal story. It's the practical stuff. But it's also some of their research. So they, took, they talk a lot about, in, towards the latter part of the book, how they could improve what they've already done and saying, okay, let's look at the impact on biodiversity. Let's look at studying some of the climate impact that we've got, because if we think that this is a model to share with other people, it can't just be about saying, oh, don't forget to plant this in January. We did this in March. It's also got to be about being, how can we have as little impact on the world as possible whilst feeding ourselves? And if that's a model that we can do here uh, and we can prove works, we can roll it out for everybody across the world. And now there are chefs and gardeners and individuals that flock to their sort of little homestead for courses and to learn how they did it. And isn't it lovely? It's How amazing. I mean, really a quarter nice. of an acre is not a big space. No, not at all, right? Not at all. Um, how cool. Yeah. Good so that's choice. book of the month. A Miracle, nice. A Miraculous Abundance. Brilliant. Or book of the week. What is your book of the week, Cathy? We've got to remember it's a week. I know, right? <laughs> because you've got to come back next week and do this all again, remember? I know. That's That was the gig. I mean, it's not like I hid yeah. that from you, right? I know. <laughs> um, my book of the week is a recipe book. Mm. Uh, it's a vegetarian recipe book. It's by Gil Meller, who used to be and still works at River Cottage, okay. the sort of creative... Chef, head chef at River Cottage, uh, works with Hugh Fernley Whittingstall a lot. And his latest book, which was out last year, is called Root, Stem, Leaf, Flower. That's a nice and book is, title. It's a nice title. It's very poetic. And the whole book is very poetic. Um, it's organised by root, stem, leaf and flower, and then by season. It looks beautiful. And... The photographs are absolutely spectacular. They're done by um, Andrew Montgomery, who is a like one of the best photographers, oh, wow. food photographers wow. you will ever find, and does the most beautiful artistic shots. Um, and the food is lovely, and it's just the right side of odd. You know, there's some recipes in there that are quite familiar sure but then he's done like this is a barley cobbler 
recipe, a mushroom, potato and barley cobbler recipe. Oh, and it's but then there are some that are just a little bit more strange, uh, which I'm trying to find an example. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to buy that. Roots. Um, It's a lovely, lovely read. Uh, And it's got it's even got some actual poetry in it as well, uh, which is good. It reminds me a little bit of your book. Um, in as much that it um, it looks beautiful, like it would be a lovely gift to give somebody. Like I, I think you've got normal cookbooks, and then you've got just there's something wholesome and lovely that's sort of got a bit of depth and, and goodness. And that that's what I thought when I first saw yours. I thought, gosh, that's a you know, there's lots of people that have written books, and you know, writing a cookery book is hardly a new thing. And there's loads of them, but some of them stand out. And I sincerely, I think yours is one of those. I think it stands out, and that looks like one of those, Charlie. It's um that's really lovely of you to say. It's very uh, Gill's book is very transporting. It makes you feel like you're in the Dorset landscape. Oh, lovely! Picking and foraging and Wet. yeah, it's really beautiful. <laughs> I'd really recommend it. So it's called Root, Stem, Leaf, and Flower: How to Cook with Vegetables and Other Plants by Gill Meller, and it's produced by Quadrill, and it's a cracker. Amazing. Well, those are two brilliant books of the week. I think, aren't they? Well done, us. Now, Marley is desperate for a wee, I think, is what's happening here. Are we all, my love? So so I think we probably (laughs) should wrap this up. Listen to it. He agrees. We should should probably... It's because he's just eaten. Uh, We should wrap this up. Uh, I tell you what it is. It's because... um, what I shouldn't love. What he's got used to all of his life is because my, I'm quite busy and frenetic. Uh, and so I'll say, all right, we'll go for a walk. And then as we're walking, I think, oh, I must just do that. And then like 10 minutes later, they've laid down with their leaves looking at me like, seriously, like, are we going for the walk or are we not going for the walk? Right? So, so now in his older life, he's like, I know what you're like. <laughs> I'm not going to let you forget. But you can't go yet because you have to do the technical bit. You have to talk about how everyone subscribes and all that kind of stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah, of course. No, they must subscribe to the podcast because then, of course, you get automatically alerted when the new episodes come out. And now mm-hmm. that they're weekly, you'll probably forget. And uh, there's, you know, a new thing uh, for you to be able to um, engage with us more regularly and readily. Don't forget, of course, to join us on Instagram. Our brand new Instagram feed, uh, at Roots Wings Podcast. Very good. Um, um, and look, if you like it, review it. That's really good for other people. There are so many podcasts now. Just take 20 seconds just to quickly click the five-star button <clears throat> and uh, write a quick thing if you want to. You know, this was fab. That'll do. Uh, you know, we're all busy. Kathy um, was better than Jez. Five-star. <laughs> That'll be fine. <laughs> Best podcast ever. Click submit. You know, don't take up loads of your time. Uh, and uh, don't forget to share it with somebody as well if you want to, too. Um, but... Also, perhaps you'd like to buy Marley or Hadley a biscuit. You can go to ko-fi.com, coffee.com forward slash Sorry. root. What? Yes. Like coffee? <laughs> yeah, look. Coffee, but not spelt like coffee. I know, I know. I get like it. Like a Trumpian coffee kind of. <laughs> the, yes, that. But the point. Say the it point. again, but slower. I didn't get it. <laughs> The point is ko-fi.com. It's forward slash roots, right? The point is it's supposed to be coffee, as in buy somebody a coffee. What if they only drink tea? No, no, no. Please don't make it more complicated than it already is because it doesn't even look like coffee. (laughs) (laughs) The point... 
fine. Okay, if I'd rather have tea, but all right, fine. A coffee would be lovely, isn't thank you. There isn't a forward slash roots. There's only coffee, right? But it's metaphorical. I don't drink coffee either. You don't drink coffee. They're not actually buying a coffee. Okay, they're right. Just, they're, just the, they're buying the dog biscuits, actually. Exactly what it is. <laughs> if you'd like to buy Hadley and Marley a dog biscuit, go to ko-fo.com forward slash roots. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it on the Instagram, and you can uh, you can uh, drop a little bit of money in there to donate uh, uh, whatever you feel like you enjoyed the amount of. I mean, frankly, if I was listening to this, I think I'd be asking to pay me for my time to listen. But that's fine. <laughs> can we and edit that, that bit out? <laughs> yes, we possibly can. Oh dear, this has been really lovely. I'm super excited for the next one, Kathy. I can't wait. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you for inviting me to do Series 3 with you. It's going to be a blast. Yes, it is. Say goodbye, Cathy. You really make it sound like I'm never coming back when you do that. It freaks me out. But okay, goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.